The idea of this podcast is simple, discipleship. We want to bring the gospel message about how to interact with your coworkers, your culture, your friends, everyone around you in a biblical way, which is, in essence, discipleship. What did Jesus do when he came to this earth? He took the devil's stuff. The Bible actually teaches that the world is becoming increasingly covered with the knowledge of the glory of God. That should change everything in the mind of a Christian. Instead of thinking about all the ways society is failing, we should think about all the ways society must be, as Psalm 1101 tells us, put underneath the feet of Jesus in victory. The Rebel Alliance Podcast. We would be honored if you would join us. Welcome back to the Rebel Podcast. We're back in Garage Mahal, and I have a special guest in here with me. Uh, once again, Chris Poot's seat is up for grabs, <laughs> and the guy who wandered in <laughs> off the street today <laughs> is none other than uh, Rebel Ben Emery. Hey, guys. How's it going? Great to have Ben back. Um, so, no, in all seriousness, Chris can't be here, um, and uh, and we're happy to have Ben in, and uh, we're get, we have some exciting things to talk about. So, those of you who are familiar with uh, the the broader ministry of uh, Rebel Alliance Media, you know the Rebel Podcast is part of the Rebel Alliance Media. And uh, Ben Emery is one of the, uh, he's been on our podcast before, he's done a couple of videos with us, but he also blogs over at rebelalliancemedia.com. And uh, we have a, a, a plethora of other um, ministries. So the Van Brimmers do the Awakening Reformation podcast that comes out on Tuesdays, uh, Fathers of the Faith for Covenant Kids that drops on Mondays. Your family listens to that, eh, Ben? Oh, <laughs> do we ever. <laughs> yeah, your your uh, son, uh, your son's really into it. Yeah, if you can, if, you if can I, quote the whole I'll start. have to get, if I ever get permission from my wife to post it publicly, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Uh, I have a pretty good video of uh, one of my kids uh, basically quoting an entire episode word for word. <laughs> nice. Uh, yeah. So, um, and then uh, a new podcast that just dropped last week. So if you uh, if you subscribe to the feed, you would have seen something new in the feed and hopefully you listened to it. But if you didn't, thinking it was uh, something that wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> um, we actually Dave have a messing new, around over there. Yeah, we actually have a new a new podcast. Um, and, uh, and Ben's doing that. And so this is uh, end of the age, um, podcast, um, that Ben is doing and it's dropping on Fridays. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about that just to start? Ben. Sure. So, uh, you got the title sort of right. So it's the redeeming history podcast. Sorry. Um, and so this, <laughs> forgiven. Yeah. So this is, end uh, of the age is season so one. So it's going to be, it's a, it's going to be a seasonal podcast. So just with my other, um, not only rebel sort of duties and things that I that I contribute to the Rebel Alliance, but just uh, pastoral duties and things like that. Can't commit to a uh, every Father, week sort husband, of yeah. pastor, <laughs> some of those things, superhero. Um, those. Can't commit to you know every week for the rest of eternity, sort of like we have. You know your deal yeah. with the devil. To, uh, uh, so this is going to be it's going to be a seasonal uh, sort of um, six, seven, eight uh, episodes at a time, uh, and then kind of take a break, uh, come up with some content, and then and then release another season. So uh, the the podcast is called the Redeem history podcast uh season one is called the end of the age and so the the topic of season one is on uh the destruction of jerusalem in 70 a.d 
So the, uh, we're actually going to talk about redeeming history as a general um, idea today and what uh, brought the podcast on. But let's start off with some Rebel News. So I don't have Chris in the, uh, in the co-pilot chair over there, but I got Ben. And I'm going to throw some Rebel News at you. Um, I don't know if you heard this. So for those of you who are American listeners, uh, the geography won't mean much to you, but the story still will. But uh, in Windsor, Essex County to be uh, exact, Um, The Greater Essex County District School Board has now mandated that all public and high schools in Essex County will fly uh, the gay pride flag for the month of June. Um, and, uh, and so they are mandating and, and many of, many of the schools in the public school system have been participating in this voluntarily, but they're now mandating in Essex County that they, uh, that they all do this, um, Interestingly, um, so we, uh, there, there are a couple of things I want to just, let's talk about that first of all. And then there's a, there's a, a really faithful pastor down in Windsor who wrote a great blog post that I want to talk about. But what, what's your first reaction to that, Ben? Yeah, I mean, first, I, I, I could, be, could be wrong and maybe somebody would correct me if I am wrong, but I believe actually up where I am in, in uh, Waterloo, like Kitchener-Waterloo, the Waterloo district. They already uh, did, yeah. They, they've been doing it yeah. for a number of years already, uh, flying the, you know, the flag during Pride Month in June. And it's, uh, I mean, like what, like you're almost at the point where what, what's left to even say, you know, like what, yeah. uh, is anyone surprised at this point by, by anything like this, especially coming out of the public education system? Yep. Really? I, I, <laughs> no, I don't think so. I think this is the, I mean, this is the trajectory we've seen for a long time. You're right. We're not. Um, and yet, and yet it's interesting. Um, and one of the angles I kind of want, kind of wanted to hit it with is on social media, we're seeing a whole lot of parents who still have kids in the, in the public s- yeah. school system who are, you know, upset about this. And, and part of my thinking you know, is, why? Yeah. You know, and, and not, not because we agree with the decision, but because like, was this writing not on the wall a long, long time ago? Yeah. Right. They, they've been teaching this to your kids for years. What's the difference of whether or not there's a, there's a flag there. Yeah. There's a symbolic yeah. flag. And, uh, in our, in our neck of the woods where Colleen and I live, the school that, um, our young or our oldest would be going to, if we were going to send her there, um, has this giant love is love, Mm. um, mural right on the front as you walk into the office there. (laughs) And, and honestly, I mean, so whether it's outside or inside or it's what's being taught in the curriculum, it's been there for a long time. Yeah. And I mean, I mean, should that, that should be even more important and, and uh, emphasized even more so is what's actually being right. taught, right? A flag yeah. is a flag is a piece of cloth with some color on it. Um, but for years already, these kids have been indoctrinated right. in, in all of these I- ideas and ideologies. And for the most part, we haven't said boo. Right. And this is well, and, and you're exactly right. So here's the, here's the problem is we're, we're making a stink now, Yeah. but you know who, who's upset right now? are conservative parents whose kids are still in the education system, you're, I, I can almost guarantee you your kids don't have a problem with it. Yeah. Because they've been getting taught inside those classrooms and inside those schools for years. So they're okay with it. It's just you who isn't. And so this is this is them just, just stating where they've been for a long time. Yeah. Um, so, uh, there's a, uh, there's a pastor down in Windsor, um, uh, named, uh, Aaron Rock and he is the, uh, the pastor of, uh, I'm going to get myself into trouble here. What 
formerly was Harvest. I don't know if the name was New Church now, but <laughs> well, some of them as, are still called Harvest. It are may, they? May, okay. Yeah, yeah. Some as, of them, some of them, the retain, of some of them retain the name. Brand deteriorates. Yeah. I don't know where they <laughs> landed, but and, but nonetheless, Aaron Rock, faithful brother, he wrote a really great blog post that's actually getting him into a lot of hot water within his county and and uh, even within other more Perfect. liberal churches. Yeah, to yeah. which we're going to praise in a moment. But I just want to read a portion of his blog. He says. Uh, no one is going around policing anyone's behavior in the bedroom. In a free society, people have latitude to have sex with whomever they want unless it's illegal, such as minors or incest. While there will always be vigilantes and some measure of discrimination, welcome to an imperfect world. The fact is that sexual freedom exists for everyone already. The problem with several practitioners of the LGBTQ lifestyle is that they deliberately confuse disagreement with discrimination. When people disagree with them, they quickly throw the word discrimination around and then lobby to silence their opponents using social media, the media, and politicians as their tools. Even this dialogue opens me up to attack. Just watch. So prophetically, <laughs> it's kind of... Um, this is cowardly. Self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, exactly. This is cowardly, weak, and selfish. They've been incredibly effective silencing their opponents, but are actually hindering freedom of speech, freedom of religion, and freedom to debate because of an incessant and, polit and politicized desire to receive unbridled approval and agreement for their sexual choices. As such, when people like myself see a gay flag, we don't see a symbol of diversity, freedom, or, or acceptance. We see a symbol of bullying, discrimination, and anti anti-free speech rhetoric i'm like beautiful good job yeah, like, well, yeah well done and he is i mean he's been he's been taking a task uh in the local papers and uh and so we just kind of want to shout out aaron rock uh way to be faithful way to throw and i would encourage you you can find uh you can find his blog at pursuitofglory.org he blogs there and I would just, uh, I would go on there. I would share the article. Maybe we'll share it out uh, yeah, as we'll this episode drops. In, uh, yeah. And uh, and good for him. And we should be showing our support to him because uh, we're, we are where we are because pastors haven't been willing to speak into the public sphere like uh, this. Yeah, 100%. So. Yeah. So thanks to Aaron Rock for your faithful blog post, and yeah. uh, I, you know, no, no ill will towards you, but I hope you keep getting in trouble for it because, <laughs> because uh, yeah, that, that and shows I, and us I being mean, effective. we're almost at the point where I mean, right? We we've talked about it a million times with just this intolerance of tolerance right. idea, and and we're almost to the point where, like like he does in his in his blog, um, just constantly have to point out the fact that um, you know, uh, like get ahead of it and say, you know, I, I, I can see that I'm going to be attacked for this That's and, right. you know, and be okay with it and be okay with it. Yeah. yeah. And, and, uh, make sure that people see ahead of time, um, that, uh, that, that you are okay with it and that you acknowledge it and that, yeah, it is what it is. Yep. Um, yeah, we need more pastors who will, uh, I think Corey, who was on, uh, a couple episodes ago, he said, uh, apologetics is essentially just committing to not lie about who God is. And so as Christians, if we just commit to not lie about who God is, we have to have more, more often we have to just be willing to say what's true about God and his word and then have the attitude of come at me, bro. <laughs> you know, this is gonna, this is gonna, you know, this is gonna work out for his glory one way or another. And, uh, the, the only other thing I want to touch on, and I don't want to spend a ton of time on this, though you and I probably could, is um, the, the current scandal going on by uh, Justin Trudeau. And uh, so for some of our American listeners, don't skip ahead because uh, there's some uh, things to say, but certainly... Uh, he's, he's, he's been making the news down there too, though. Yeah, so it's not, like, uh, it's not like our American listeners haven't heard... 
you know, funky nothing sock about Trudeau. This. Something's going on. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I'm talking about the uh, the SNC uh, Lavalin scandal, and uh, and what that is essentially is that Justin Trudeau, it seems allegedly, we'll say, um, it seems as though he was putting some pressure on uh, on the attorney general about uh, how they ought to be prosecuting or, or rather not prosecuting. Um, so I'm actually going to uh, bat this one over to you. Do you want to just kind of quickly summarize kind of what we're going, what what's happening? And, uh, and then we'll just kind of bat it around. There's a couple yeah, of angles so, I want to take so, on So, I mean, essentially, I'm not, I won't go through like a whole timeline or anything more so just because I, uh, I don't, haven't followed it enough and don't follow it enough to give a precise sort of definition of what's going on. Basically, um, we have this company in Quebec, a big company, you know, has thousand employees, yeah, thousands of employees, lots of tax dollars, uh, who is, you know, in the middle of this scandal, um, you know, uh, funds going towards prostitution and towards, um, you know, some funky stuff. things going on in the Middle East yeah. and different things. And so, so charges have been laid. Prosecution is, is, uh, being looked at. And, uh, because our prime minister seems to be very interested in, uh, winning a certain number of votes in a certain province of Quebec, <laughs> um, that is, you know, very much concerned over losing 9,000 jobs, uh, with, you know, SNC Lavalin, uh, that he's been putting pressure on his attorney general to uh, either not or at least lightly prosecute right. this, you know, this whole affair. So his he is essentially saying that he's concerned about the nine thousand jobs, and therefore, you know, a company that gets um, kind of the book thrown at them, uh, all those jobs will be lost, and, and all that kind of stuff. So that's that's kind of what he's saying. What what's showing is not only that. Um, you know, so he's blurring the lines now, right? He's, he's, and we talk about this a lot when we talk about sphere sovereignty, but certainly even within um, the civil branch of government, there are lines and he cannot cross into judicial lines. Um, and it seems as though that's what's happening. And so now the attorney general, um, who, uh, so, his, so she's his handpicked, yeah, his uh, handpicked, you know, minister look at me. Yeah, I yeah. appointed a, a female fem- native attorney general. I'm, you know, the champion of all women Feminism, and, yeah. and, and minority groups. Um, she is the one who has come out. Uh, so, you know, so basically he, sh- he shuffled job stuff around and got her out of that position. Yeah. And now what's come out is that he had been putting pressure on her and she, by her own conscience, kind of would not go lightly with um, the case that was in front of her, despite his pressure. Yeah. So, and then she was removed from that position um, and then comes out more publicly talking about the kind of pressure that was put on her. And then, and then, uh, uh, Trudeau's right hand man. I'm not sure yeah, what his um, uh, butts. Jer- yeah, Jer- Jer- I don't know but, what so, his title was though. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. I, I can't remember his official title. I mean, essentially, like you say, yeah. his right hand man. You know, writing his speeches. Uh, you know, ch- childhood schoolboy friend. Uh, you know, all of a sudden, up and resigns. Yeah, and so he's been deposed and uh, is actually doing his deposition. I think right now, as, as yeah, we're as recording we speak, this. I believe. Yeah. So anyway, here's here's where the angle and, I wanted to and, take. And on. actually, one other cabinet minister, yeah. uh, I believe a day or two ago, also resigned over essentially just saying, the by, same by conscience, I just can't. I can't be can't a part serve. of this anymore. Yeah. yeah. So um, so here's here's the thing. There there are a couple angles I want to take on this. Number one. Um, it's so interesting that Justin Trudeau was essentially, um, 
he was he was elected on this sort of moral high ground and um, and championing right uh, side of history. Yeah, and um, and transparency. Right, that was his big thing. Yeah. That was his big word. <clears throat> And we've seen more scandals under this <laughs> Trudeau liberal government than than I can remember yeah. in, in under any of the other corrupt governments. And we're not saying that the conservatives are, have been scandal free, not at all. They've been brutal too. But I mean, this this Trudeau government that was running on, hey, you don't want the scandals of the conservatives anymore. You want us? We'll be transparent. And it's just like every day, it seems like <laughs> something else is coming out. So, but but what's interesting is that amidst all of these scandals. And I think he is losing some traction. I think he's Finally. losing numbers in the, yeah, in the polls. I, I think this but is... it has taken a lot of scandals for him to lose anything. And it's because the moral high ground he has is an ideological high mm-hmm. ground. So he's judged on where he stands on some of these ideological issues rather than what he's actually done. Yeah. So he's, he's involved personally in all these scandals and doing all these unethical things using taxpayers' money for his own you know, nanny services yeah. and, and all kinds of stuff. And yet... Because he's pro LGBT, because he's a feminist, self-proclaimed, and yeah. because and because and, he and, and all of his opponents, it's you know right. He can are, claim are essentially racist, not right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He can claim all those things. So it's just interesting to see where the the moral high ground does has nothing to do. It seems anymore with with Actual how you actions. walk and yeah. act your, and 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 the way you live, but just the ideological camps you find yourself in. Yeah. It, so and, and which is why which is why politics has become so intensely polarized. Absolutely. Right because yep. it is all about ideology as opposed to actual right. what they've done and and, and their and, actions. And so you have people whether you're in the states, right? So we'll bring in some of our American listeners for this and it's like, you know, Trump does something stupid which he's done a lot of. Yeah. And you have all of the conservatives saying, "Yeah, but, yeah, you know, defend him to right. to the death." Or or you have him do something good and all the liberals going, "Yeah, but yeah. he's a racist." And and you you even have church leaders like remember Tabidi, so Trump is doing some good stuff in in the way of abortion and all of a sudden Tabidi comes along and says, "We can't, can't get support behind it. Yeah, yeah, we can't, can't get behind yeah. this because he's a racist." And you're like, "Wow, this is so polarized that the ideologies of the person in charge trump any of the actual practical good they're doing. Yeah. So essentially, we we have to elect a perfect person Jesus. to get to get behind. <laughs> Look at that, to, Jesus to, hey. to get behind anything, any any yeah. any policy, or and it's it's just absurd. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, uh, uh, the Van Brimmers uh, this past week talked about uh, AOC in New York. And uh, and I mean, she's a perfect example, right? Yeah. She's she's incompetent for the position. Yeah. She, I mean, she's just Trudeau-esque. scandal among, uh, yeah. like, even the tax evasion she does with her staffers, all the kinds of stuff that's come out. And yet... She's still on the pedestal still because yeah. yeah she she's a, the champion of of uh, SJW you know values, so that was the one angle that I wanted to take on it and then and then I guess the the other thing I I thought was just ironic in the whole thing, just like when Trudeau was uh, you know uh, speaking out for the Me Too movement stuff and he was saying you know you know we always have to believe the women and then he gets accused of yeah. of the groping incident yeah whatever happened to that anyway it just it just Where'd went away go? I know tell me about it and he was just. <laughs> Just like uh, she's remembering it wrong. Yeah. I'm just like, whoa, whoa, whoa! Are you allowed to say that based on everything else you've said about this movement? Right, the hypocrisy. But here's my thing: is like, so he has a native Canadian female attorney general who he's bullying yeah. <laughs> into doing what he wants to do. Like, where? How? Do, how is that feminist, Mr. Trudeau? Yeah. 
And this is the thing is because of the ideological camp he's in, there's, there's such cognitive dissonance that people can't see that that action actually opposes the ideology he, he claims to hold. Yeah. Right. He's got a mansplain to her <laughs> why she shouldn't prosecute. Like it's just yeah. brutal. Yeah. And then like what, just one other thing real quick uh, that, that, um, I, is interesting to me, the, the cabinet, all, all of these cabinet ministers that, right. So we have two of them who yeah. have resigned their positions. We have, uh, the, the former attorney general, um, and goodness, I can't remember her name, but the, but the other lady who, who's also resigned, yeah. um, have, have spoken of the, the idea of cabinet solidarity and, and the fact that, um, so, uh, you know, essentially, so it, anyone who has not resigned at this point is essentially saying we are 100% entirely in favor with what Justin Trudeau has done. So if there ever comes to the point and, and goodness, I hope we do get to the point where Trudeau has, you know, sort of has to, to come to terms with what's all, all all the scandal that's been going on. Catches up. All of these cabinet members, need to as well. They're, yeah. they're, they're, you know, they're sitting there in, in solidarity with one another saying, you know, we're arm, you know, arm, arm and arm. arm. Yeah. And, uh, it's the, you know, these, these two women are the only ones who have said, look, by conscience, we, if, if this is, if this is our, if the solidarity is like, this is what our decision is, then by conscience, we can't serve. And they've stepped down and yeah. good for them. And yeah. these are, these are liberal, Liberal yeah. party women, yeah, a long time liberal party women. So yeah. the the only thing that I wish is I, I wish they would just cross the aisle instead of going independent. Like sure, it, it would, it would yeah. be it would be great though. Yeah. I'm not I'm not a huge Andrew Shear fan myself, but yeah, I've got some issues. Yeah, yeah, I got some issues with Bernier too, but I think he might be a little closer ideologically. Yeah, not but, not ethically, yeah, not ethically, say, then, but then we're economically. Getting to, I, I, yeah, ideolo- again, ideologically, sure, probably a more conservative. Um, economic, economic, conservative, conservative whatever, but uh, libertarian is uh, just a bit of an idiot, <laughs> <laughs> and, a, and a bit of a like, and a bit of a moral womanizer. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, yeah, pick your poison. We have great options uh, here. <laughs> oh boy, but hey, our our brothers down south. Before you make fun of us too much, your two candidates were Trump and Hillary Clinton. So, <laughs> you know, just saying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it was John Calvin, right? Uh, when God wants to judge a nation, he gives them wicked rulers. And that's where we're at. So be- judgment <laughs> begins in the house of the Lord. Um, okay, we're going to jump uh, into a quick break. And then after that, we're going to come back and we're going to talk about redeeming history. And we're going to talk about history and why Christians ought to be... Um, uh, historically aware, um, ought to know a little bit about history, but also just how Christians ought to think about history in a world of historical revisionism. So stick around and we'll be right back. Have you checked out the latest at rebelalliancemedia.com? At the bottom of the homepage, you can now sign up to the Rebels mailing list so you'll never miss an update. On the blogs and articles page, you'll find posts by Erica Van Brimmer and Ben and Andrew Emery as they write about culture, politics, theology, Christian living, and more. There's P-Nate's Eschatology series page and a new members page. There's a shopping page where you can purchase audio files. More stuff will be appearing there soon. Tell your friends to have a look at rebelalliancemedia.com. You can do even more to help the Rebels by clicking the Donate button. Interact with the Rebels on Facebook, Twitter, or email. Thanks for listening.
All right, we're back, and uh, we have Ben Emery here with us. Uh, what you may have noticed if you're a faithful Rebel listener is that as you updated your feed to listen to the Fathers of Faith on Monday, uh, what you would have noticed is that on <laughs> Friday, uh, there's another podcast that dropped, and it's called the Redeeming History Podcast, uh, and Ben is currently dropping season one, which is End of the Age. So this is a podcast essentially about redeeming history. Where the, Where's the name come from, and what's the purpose, I guess, of the podcast? Yeah, so the name Redeeming History essentially is, uh, I, I'm I'm a fan of history. I'm, I'm Let's just um, call it what it is. You're a history nerd. I'm a history nerd. I'm not a historian, <laughs> right? I don't have a degree in history, you know, I, uh, but, but I like it. It's interesting. I, I read about it. Um, and so I've wanted to do something like this for, for a little while. You might, a lot of listeners might be familiar with, um, uh, like the hardcore history podcast by Dan Carlin. Um, and so there's lots of, lots of other history podcasts out yep. there. Uh, and so, my hope is, and here's how I hope this this um, sort of it has its own place and is unique, is that um, a we're not going to be like though you know a, a secular history podcast because we're not secular. We believe <laughs> we we believe in a Christian worldview. We believe that God is sovereign over history and that uh, everything that has happened has happened for a reason. God has ordained it. We can learn from it. Um, and then I also think it's going to be a little bit unique compared to other Christian history podcasts because um, it's not going to be solely focused on um, church history proper. Yep. Um, I think all history is God's history, um, just because it hasn't involved, you know, the, the, the Christian church per se, it still has something to, to speak to us and, and say to us. So, so that's where I think it's going to maybe, uh, sort of fit into a, a little niche that other, other podcasts haven't, uh, haven't hit. So redeeming history, kind of just what I explained, right? We want to, we want to look at history and, uh, we want to re- we want to redeem um, the uh, like the study of history. Show yeah. people that it's that it's God's good story. for us. It's beneficial for us. It has something to teach us. Uh, and then we also want to, um, uh, re- you know, it's it's redeeming in the sense it's, it's redeeming us. It, like you know, yeah. it helps uh, helps helps teach us who God is and and what His actions are and what He's done in history. So yeah, yeah. redeeming it's, history. Yeah. So um, interesting. I mean, we're. Uh, at our church right now, we're walking through the grand narrative of Scripture this year, and uh, and just kind of looking at the history, and and kind of digging into the the story that spans history, right, is so important. And I think it's one of the things, one of the the comments we keep getting as we're going through this study at uh, at church is that you know people have haven't connected the dots before, right? They haven't seen. The, the story of, of redemption in the stories of, you know, the flood and the Tower of Babel and the fall and Abraham and Isaac and, mm. you know, um, Jacob uh, stealing Esau's birthright and all these kinds of things. Like, they, they, they don't have a way of connecting the grand narrative of Scripture with the stories, the historical narratives that they read in the, in the Old Testament. And so I think similarly, you know, if we have a, an understanding of what the story that God's telling 
And that that is kind of the foundation by which we understand history yeah. and read history. I think that's going to change our entire perspective on things. Exactly. Right? So so, you know, you liken it to, um, you know, in, in school, in schools right now, they teach, you know, evolution. They teach um, a world that's here by cosmic accident. And when you tell kids that you are a cosmic accident in a universe that doesn't care about you, we ideas have consequences. And yeah. so we see the rise of of depression and anxiety and worry and uh, suicide and all these kinds of things. Well, why? Well, because the story of origins is influencing the way teenagers are interacting it's, with the it's, world it's, around It's them. entirely a worldview exactly. issue, a worldview problem. And I mean, essentially, in in that evolution evolutionistic worldview, there is no reason to study history. Right. History is is pointless, right? The only thing that matters is, is the future is, is, you know, progress is, is man's, you know, uh, you know, saving himself essentially through, through, you know, through progress, through science, through evolution. Uh, and so the past is just, you know, all the mistakes and, and we don't, just nothing other than learning not to repeat the same mistakes. There's no redeeming value in history, but for those, and even then the mistakes are random processes and you know, what what are you going to learn from that anyway? So, so, um, and there's no basis for a world that's the same tomorrow as it is yesterday. And so you're right. There's what there, there's limited value in looking at the mistakes of the past because we don't know that the future is going to be like the past in a constantly evolving, constantly changing universe. Absolutely. With no, objective i mean paul even you know specifically tells i think in corinthians i believe i could be wrong um right that that the scripture the old testament scriptures in in particular the histories of the old testament are given to us as a lesson for us to learn from that's right at the christian church the old testament histories are there for us to to see and to learn from to see god's actions to see man's response to see god's evaluation of of those things and and to learn from them yeah yeah i've i've also uh heard that uh so the the word other than probably like you know small words like the and and, (laughs) um like the uh the significant word in the old testament that is most often repeated is the word remember yeah Right. And God is continually calling his people to remember what he's done in the past. And so, again, and it's the great sin of of God. That's people exactly right. of, of Israel forget. is forgetting. That's that's, right. that's what they constantly did. They forgot what God did for them and went after, you know, false gods, false religion, the Baals, you know, the, the Canaanite culture and sinned against the Lord because they forgot. And so right. God would help them remember. Yep. And usually that it wasn't, <laughs> it wasn't a pleasant lesson. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and so, um, you know, many of our listeners might know this, but, um, there's, you know, uh, what's the, is it come thou fount where it has here? I raise my, my Ebenezer. My Ebenezer yeah. yeah. And so an Ebenezer, right? Well, it, not, so, I mean, if, if you, if you sing a, like a modern version of that, it actually won't include that particular phrase which is really it, disappointing it is yeah, disappointing, it's disappointing. Yeah, yeah. so uh, it's not talking about scrooge in that in that <laughs> psalm um and ebenezer was essentially if you if you're reading the old testament you see how often the israelites um they marked a particular place where god acted whether it was the parting of the red sea the crossing of the jordan there were several times when god would 
would uh, command them to make a stone pile monument, up the stones yeah, yeah. as a as a uh, commemoration of what God did here at this place so that future generations would see it and remember what God had done and so really in a lot of ways I would say that your podcast is is raising an Ebenezer over a yeah. particular time period so that we can look back at it and say look what God did yeah and uh, and understand it in, you know, in context of the entirety of Scripture and in God's blessing plan and in punishment, right? Cause exactly, because we because yeah. both of those things are are there for us to learn from. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So, um, so let's talk a little bit about this season in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, so, first episode dropped. I would I would encourage everybody go back and listen to to episode one. Um, and here's a little clip from episode two, and then let's talk a little bit about what this season is going to do and what people can expect. Sounds so here, good. Here's a clip from episode two, which will be dropping this coming Friday. So a couple days, yeah. So in a couple days, yep. Zedekiah is conflicted. On the one hand, he has sworn fealty to Nebuchadnezzar to be a client state and to provide tribute to the king of Babylon. On the other hand, he can't stand the idea of the people of Israel being a subjugated people and wants to be free from his oath to Babylon. The vast majority of Jews make it clear that they want option number two. They want to fight it out against Babylon. The prophet Jeremiah makes it clear that what God wants is surrender to the Babylonians. Quote, Then Jeremiah said to Zedekiah, Thus says the Lord, the God of hosts, the God of Israel, If you will surrender to the officials of the king of Babylon, then your life shall be spared, and this city shall not be burned with fire, and you and your house shall live. But if you do not surrender to the officials of the king of Babylon, then this city shall be given into the hand of the Chaldeans, and they shall burn it with fire, and you shall not escape from their hand. Jeremiah 38, 17, and 18. But King Zedekiah is weak and he's pathetic. He is more afraid of his court officials than he is of God. Quote, King Zedekiah said to Jeremiah, I am afraid of the Judeans who have deserted to the Chaldeans, lest I be handed over to them and they deal cruelly with me. Jeremiah said, You shall not be given to them. Obey now the voice of the Lord in what I say to you, and it shall be well with you, and your life shall be spared. Jeremiah 38, 19, and 20. So there's a little teaser, and uh, and so you're in Jeremiah in that clip, Mm -hmm. and uh, and yet the... This season is all about 70 AD yep. and the destruction of Jerusalem, which we would say is primarily dealt with scripturally. Yes. In um, the uh, Olivet Discourse, in uh, what's that, Luke 21 and Matthew 24, and then in the book of Revelation. Yeah. So, how come you're back in Jeremiah? Right. So, the first couple episodes, so already you've gotten it with episode one. Hopefully, if you've listened to the, the first episode, if not, go back, listen to it. Uh, and then also in episode two. So, episode one, uh, the idea was we want to show that when Jesus uh, comes, you know, at, at the Olivet Discourse, uh, you know, telling the people that, look, you, you know, you know, teacher, look at these, you know, wonderful buildings. He says, look, not one stone is going to be left upon another. When Jesus makes that statement, he's not saying something that had never been said before, right? right. It's not like 
the temple had never been destroyed before. He right. wasn't, he wasn't saying anything that an old Testament prophet hadn't already said. And so we wanted to go back in episode one. We looked at how, uh, the sin of the people resulted in the destruction of the tabernacle at Shiloh and the sin of the people also resulted in the destruction of the first temple. Uh, and so that's why we're kind of in the, uh, uh, you know, passages in, in Jeremiah and some of the, some of the prophets there speaking of the destruction of the first temple. Right. Uh, and then we're going to, to make our way sort of into, okay, so how does that relate to the destruction the, of the, the future second. destruction yeah. that Jesus was speaking of, of, of the second temple? Yeah. yeah. Do you ever get to the destruction of the third? <laughs> just, just kidding. There's a little, there's a little jab at our dispensational friends. If, if, if we have any dispensational friends still listening, oh boy. Okay. So, um, so you're talking, this season is primarily about the destruction of Jerusalem in 70 AD. So yep. to just get people maybe who, who, uh, who are kind of listening and they're thinking, ah, maybe I'll check that out if I have time. Let's sell it a little bit for sure. them. What's, what is the biblical significance and I would say the historical significance and the the faith significance of yeah. 70 AD that needs to be understood? So um, it was actually pretty interesting. I ended up, uh, we're preaching through the book of Mark at our church right now. And just a handful of weeks ago, um, I ended up preaching through Mark chapter 13, which is the other Olivet Discourse passage. And, uh, it's, it's, um, if you, in my opinion, interpret the passage properly as a, um, a, something that Jesus is saying is going to happen in a short time to that generation that's listening to, to the words that he's speaking. Uh, if you, if you interpret it that way, it's a, it's a wonderful example of the truthfulness of Jesus, of his messianic, uh, 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 person of yeah, uh, his, his ability office. to fulfill prophecy, yeah. um, as opposed to this thing where people can say, well, look, Jesus, he can't even, he can't be God or the Messiah. He's not even a good prophet. Right. <laughs> yeah. Seriously. That was, yeah. uh, so that was Bertrand Russell, right? Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Bertrand Russell. Uh, and I remember I had a university professor, um, in a biblical literature class who talked about, uh, Bertrand Russell's argument that Jesus was a false prophet. Uh, and therefore couldn't have been anybody other than, you know, a first century teacher. some guy. Yeah. 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 Uh, And so uh, the the intention of of the the podcast itself is I'm I'm not, you know, if you want it, if you want sort of an exegetical argument for that, go listen to that sermon, go listen to some of, you know, our eschatology series. Um, Gary DeMar does it well. Yeah. Yeah. uh, yeah, There's, there's lots of great resources. My, my goal with this is not to give the exegetical argument. I'm going to use scripture. I'm going to quote scripture. Um, One of the things I think is going to be unique about this podcast is it's going to assume the truthfulness of scripture at the outset. I'm not going to apologize for it. I'm not going to um, I'm going to treat it as the primary source for all things historical. Uh, and so I'm going to use scripture, but I'm not going to necessarily take a lot of time to sort of unpack, um, the meaning other than to use scripture and, and see how all those things that Jesus said actually happened by using other historical, um, uh, sources and sort of putting those things together and seeing how, you know, what, what Jesus prophesied happened. It came true. It came true remarkably accurately. Yep. Uh, and yeah. Okay. So, um, 
And I guess what's at what's at risk here? So we we just kind of talked about Jesus as as a false prophet, which is which is a pretty <laughs> pretty big charge. So that's certainly at risk. But in terms of understanding our Bible, just like what's the practical help of a, for a Christian understanding? 70 AD. So just give our listeners who maybe aren't even familiar with this. So we're talking about the destruction of, mm-hmm. of the temple, 70 AD at the hands of the Romans. Just give a brief overview without giving too much away from your podcast. Sure. What happened in 70 AD and why is it important for Christians? So one of the one of the big things, uh, I, I think, essentially, I think the most important uh, big idea, general idea from the events of 70 AD and the destruction of the temple is the idea of covenant breaking and covenant keeping, which is laced throughout all of scripture and history, all of history, not, not just right. Like, you know, and so, um, and that's why we wanted to start with a couple episodes looking at, at that very fact that this is nothing new covenant breaking always leads to God's judgment judgment. and covenant keeping leads to God's blessing. And so, um, we even specifically, right. We, we talk about some of these, some of the weird sort of prophetic language that Jesus uses. I mean, that, you know, most people consider weird and, and one of those things specifically being the abomination of desolation. And, and, uh, we look at the fact that, you know, we, we, because of, you know, certain teachings, we have this idea that this is, <laughs> this is this one time unique event or thing, um, that's going to happen in the future at some point. And, and ab- abomination sin, God often calls sin an abomination and specifically the sins that occur in his house are specifically called abominations. And so, uh, with both of those instances in Shiloh, uh, the, uh, the, the sons of Eli committed abominations in the tabernacle. And so it led to its desolation and in the temple, the pre in the first temple, the priests were worshiping Baal inside God's temple and the prophets call that an abomination before the Lord. And so the temple is desolated. And so we get to the second temple and Jesus says, when you see the abomination of desolation. And so, um, covenant breaking by God's covenant people always leads to judgment. And if, if that's true, if that's the main sort of warning from the, the 80, 70 passages, the Olivet Discourse, et cetera, um, we are God's covenant people. And so our covenant breaking is going, it, it, how, how dare, if, if God would, would literally come and, and destroy stone by stone his temple mm-hmm. because of his people's covenant breaking, how much more so are we in danger of similar or worse punishment? Right. Right. And so, um, in 70 AD, you have um, what I would say the uh, apostate Israel, right? That is the yep. the Jews who rejected uh, Jesus as the Messiah, um, judged and, the ultimate and, apostasy, and the ultimate apostasy, yep. rejecting Christ as the Messiah, um, judged in 70 AD, and and yet what we see there in in that is this this once and for all separation 
between, right? So you think about yeah. the narrative the in end the book of, the of Acts. Yeah, and that, and that, that, that's yeah. right. You it's see the, the narrative in the book of Acts. You see the writing of the epistles. You see this sort of tension in the early church of Jews and Gentiles growing up with one another, yeah. right? Like, like you know, two, well, I don't know, we'll just call them, you know, seeds that are growing in two different types of soil. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, just because. <laughs> you know, Matthew 15, For some reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and, uh, and, and what you see at 70 AD is all of the um, all of the Jews who would ultimately reject Jesus as the Messiah kind of uprooted and taken away. Yep. And and what I th- what I find so interesting about that time period and some of the stuff you're going through in the podcast is this is always God's design, right? So so this has ramifications for what we believe as Christians. And, and we just spent um, some of the Rebel News in this episode talking about the LGBT agenda. We talked about our wicked leader, Justin Trudeau, and yeah. the wicked leaders down south. And I mean, we uh, just uh, on uh, a couple of weeks ago, the Van Brimmers were talking about the the atrocious abortion laws being passed in, in New York City. And so we look at all the darkness around us. And one of the things that looking at history reminds us of is that God's method— <laughs> for cleansing mm-hmm. is never is never to take his church and his people out of the land it's actually to uproot the wicked and allow the meek or, or god's people the righteous to inherit the earth right and so we see that in in noah's story yep. right we see that psalm 37 takes this theme it talks about the wicked being uprooted and it's the meek who inherit the land that yep. jesus takes that phrase from uh, psalm 37 and he applies it in uh, matthew 5 that the meek shall inherit the earth that this is god's method that's the same thing that happened in 70 a.d right the the apostate israel was was wiped out and destroyed and it was the christians who escaped yep. the destruction and were left because they because the they land. did believe jesus prophetic believed words jesus, that's yep. exactly right so it also has ramifications for how we believe god will deal with our current culture and we have to have one of hope yeah it's actually forgetting the history of how god's dealt with covenant breakers and covenant keepers in the past that leads to funky funky eschatology that that <laughs> funky believes eschatology that, and, and despair that's exactly right yeah. and so and so we have a whole lot of christians who look around at the uh, the abominations happening in our current culture yep. and thinking there's no possible way this yep. is going to be re- reversed yep. save for well, they, they many of us assume that the desolation that and and if, you know that they see coming and for good reason right because yep. abomination always leads to desolation uh, assume that it's a bad thing and yet that's God's means that's of right. wiping out his, you know, covenant breakers. Right. Well, and that's it. That's exactly right. The first century church, and we even see Paul, like Paul, like radical under grace Paul going and, 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 uh, I think it's an Acts. I'm going to botch this, but I think it's an Acts like, you know, <laughs> the guy who just preached through Acts. Yeah, yeah. Seriously. Come on now. Um, when, uh, when he goes and he, he completes a Nazarite vow at the temple when he gets, when he arrives back in Jerusalem, um, and is greeted by James there right before he's taken off into prison, never to really know freedom again. Yeah. And, uh, and what's so interesting. So you see him still kind of within the temple system 
And the abomination of desolation, the, the destruction of the temple in 70 AD was such a great and wonderful thing because now we, we there's no confusion about sacrifices. We know, as the author of Hebrews says, that there's been a high sacrifice made mm-hmm. once and for all, right? And so you're right, is that the, the desolation always seems like a bad thing, but in retrospect, we see what God was doing and it yeah. was a good thing. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a purifying fire. Amen. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So um, any any. Anything else people need to know about jumping in your podcast other than go go get it? Yeah, I mean, uh, g- give me some grace. This is uh, <laughs> this this is the first time I've sort of ventured into anything like this. I don't consider myself to be um, never have considered myself to be like a super artistic um, sort of person, and so one of the things I'm hoping that you know also again helps this make this maybe a little unique, hopefully entertaining, is that it's somewhat dramatic there's some music there's some sound effects and stuff like that and so uh i'm learning so give me, give me some grace it's refined as it goes so if you're digging episode one yeah yeah you'll like episode two you'll love episode yeah, three yeah. and beyond yeah so, i mean yeah. Uh, uh, episode three hundred percent better than episode <laughs> one not gonna lie so so and any of you who fight have, through it any of you who have uh, attached yourselves to the rebels uh recently and gone back to any old episodes know exactly what we're talking about because some of those are real painful but there's a growing process here and uh but anyway uh excited about the uh the podcast any other historical time periods that you're passionate about that we might see in future seasons yeah i i I have done some thought and honestly i i like just the world is my oyster and that's that's (laughs) kind of the the great thing about about a history podcast is you're you're limited to literally nothing right uh and so you know we might we might throw it out to uh some rebel alliance listeners give us some ideas and maybe maybe i'll i'll pick from from that um but but yeah i mean i'd like to like i said i'd like to not um because it's really easy to just sort of pick a church history event, uh, or, or something that, you know, probably most of us are a little familiar, more familiar with. And so I, I pr- likely will do some of those. Um, but I really would like to, to do some of, some of the other, you know, historical events that maybe us Christians are a little less familiar with, and then, uh, try and show how, you know, they, they point to God's sovereignty in history and, and what lessons we still, even though, even though it may not have involved, um, you know, either Christians or the nation of Israel per se, that it still has lessons for us because it's, you know, it's, we're seeing God's hand work in, in history. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, that's, uh, that's, uh, a podcast on history pointing you to a <laughs> podcast on history and uh and so Oof. check it out it's the redeeming history podcast it's going to drop every friday uh for as long as this season is on we're um and uh and then look out for future seasons and if you have any ideas about particular historical time periods that you'd like to see ben tackle uh we love having an yep, interactive yep. uh listener base uh who are quick to ask questions and quick to interact with us we love that so let us know what you'd like to, to see and hear and uh and just stay tuned there's lots of stuff happening uh check it all out at rebelalliancemedia.com we're so thankful for all of our supporters uh make sure you're tuning in to uh, all the various channels anything else you want to say ben i'm good all right take care we'll see you next week